What's up, everybody? Back for episode two of Victory Lane. I'm your host at BTVBHO. You can call me Bo, Beho, whatever, whatever you like. Back here with my guy, Eric. Eric, how you doing today? You know what? I'm doing good. You know, it's going to come down to 40 degrees here in Chicago today, so it's going to be a little cooler <sighs> than what I'm used to, but Lucky. Yeah, Midwest summers. That's so dreadful. Good, good, good thing you got some of those Preakness winnings to uh, warm you up a little bit. So you uh, know, props to you, Blackjack and Gino, for handing out some winners <laughs> earlier today, my man. Thanks, man. We uh, we 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 nailed it. Like I said, sometimes it feels really good to uh, be validated when you call something that perfectly, and it happens, and all the haters can just go eat it. And uh, last but not least, we've got the uh, Boston fan whose uh, team's one and one in the NBA Finals. His hockey team's out like they should be. Wow. Um, and uh, Kyle Bush almost won a race last week to really piss you off. So, how are you doing today, Bob? I was doing good until you just crapped on me with my hockey team. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I'm feeling pretty good today. All that was right, a good guys. shot. We'll- I'll give you that. That was a good shot. We'll- <laughs> That's good. No, I got. Gotta keep it in secret. I gotta throw it in there. Did you write that down this morning? Were you like, yeah, this is how I'm gonna do an intro? Did you write it down or is that just off the top? Can can I tell you a little story? I don't write anything down. Okay. (laughs) Ever. The only thing, the only thing I really write down is anytime you see me like doing a horse handicapping show, I do have notes for that. Anything else, it's pretty much just off the cuff. Um, The soccer show, I don't know if you guys saw pitches and pints this morning. Um, that's our soccer show we do, Brandon. It's me and Leo every Saturday at 8 a.m. If you haven't, go back and watch the first three minutes because it's okay. me literally screaming at Leo over technical difficulties. So, um, anyway, last week, guys, Kansas, what a race that was. Kurt Busch comes out on top. Kyle Larson hit the wall no less than 47 times and still almost won the damn race. Uh, crazy. Brandon, you were all over the different driving lanes. That was amazing. But most importantly, you all cashed a bunch of tickets. Eric, we'll start with you. Tell people what you all, what you cashed last week. You know, I was on the fade Blaney. You know, I, I went heavy with Bowman over Blaney. Got that one. Because as we talked about, we can always tell if it's a Blaney week or not Blaney week, how qualifying goes. Didn't qualify the best. Hit those head-to-heads. And you know what? Those paid just like the, uh, the winner bets do. Yeah, uh, you know, you did excellent on those head-to-heads. I was trying to follow along with all the picks you all gave, and you gave so many I could barely keep up with it. And, I mean, the Blaney thing was really strange because I was watching some other things and kind of flipping back and forth. And at one point, Blaney was up near the lead, and I'm like, wait a minute, Blaney's not supposed to be up there. And anytime you see Blaney up there, you go, oh, my God, Blaney's probably going to win the race. But then I flip back five minutes later, and he's back in the middle of the pack. And it was kind of – it was a weird Blaney race because he usually doesn't – go front to middle, middle to front, front to middle. It's usually, if he's in the front, he stays there. And if he ain't, he don't. So yeah. uh, crazy. Brandon, I mean, you you killed it. You killed it, buddy. Tell tell the people what you did. So first off, I need to formally apologize to everybody involved. Um, yes, he about does. five minutes for the race, I locked in Kurt Busch, liked his odds. They were in double digits. I said I got a weird feeling about this. Don't know what 18 it is. to 1, I think. Yeah, 18 to 1. Cashed him in. It's good to see him get a win. Uh literally 20 less than 24 hours after it goes public that he's getting a divorce. So it was Oh, good I to didn't see. even know that. Yeah. So him and Ashley are splitting. But um, for him to grab a win, get locked in the playoffs. I've always liked the guy, never liked his brother. Me and you can discuss that another time. But it was good to see him with a new team, 
be able to still cash in a victory. Uh, I apologize. Next time I have this little hunch with five minutes for the race, I will tweet it out and tag everybody in it. But uh, it was nice to cash that in last week. Yeah, I, guys, all, to all of our fans that watched, and we had a lot of viewers last week. Thank you so much for watching the show. Um, Brandon's a little new to this Twitter thing and getting it out to the masses. Um, you know, he did he did text us and let us know right before the race that he had done that, so I can verify that that actually happened. Um, but you know, next time he'll he'll throw it out there. Uh, hopefully, it'll it'll win again, and uh, you'll cash some more tickets. Uh, speaking of Kurt Busch and, and that team, Bubba had a pretty solid race uh, oh, for for a non super speedway. I thought, you know, again he he just. It was better than I expected. It wasn't great, but it was better than I expected. Again, I think he's a great teammate. He was very happy for Kurt, you could tell. Um, and, I mean, how cool is that, though? Kurt Busch wins for a, a new team, their first ever win. He's got the jump man on the hood yeah. of the car. Yeah. He's rocking some Jordan 4 fire suits. I mean... That's like all of our dreams, right? Like we all oh, rocked sure. the Jordans back in the day. Like we, I mean, I I rock Jordan golf shoes now. Like I love it. It's, but to do that, that that's pretty cool. I got to give him credit for that. So good for the sport. I mean, to see a new yep. team like that come out and dominate a race like that with well, the Jordan brand on it and Jordan involved, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, because I mean, Jordan has no bounds for how their how far their reach is. They reach everybody. Everybody knows that. That's the I would argue that's the most iconic logo in sports. Um, you know, you see that, you know who it is. Uh, and and you're right. It changes demographics. It changes you know whether it be age, race, whatever. It everybody knows Jordan. Um, and it shows these small teams are not necessarily small teams, but new teams can come in and compete. The equipment's there. If you put the right people in the spot and give guys a chance, they can win. And that is awesome. And we're yeah. talking what 11 winners in 13 or 14 weeks and 16 drivers to make the playoffs. This whole winning you're in this year, we it's might be seeing it come down to points at the end. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Well, that and I mean, you know, NASCAR has to love it with this next gen car because this is exactly what they wanted. Some of the best racing. Yeah, it's well, I, I'll say it, it's more entertaining than last year. Last year got a little, a little too yeah. predictable, you know, with yeah, everything. Well, going as on a gambler, race. sometimes we like predictable, uh, but <laughs> but but yeah, uh, and like I said, I've never. I mean, used to, if you, you bang the wall twice, your car's been out of shape and you ain't winning nothing. It's Kyle the, Larson, I mean, seriously, I, I, he had to hit the wall 10 times. The best he, thing like, is he got out and even yeah. acknowledged it. <laughs> this composite body they went to that Xfinity's been running for years. I mean, Brandon Jones was in first place today with 40 laps to go with his front nose completely shoved in. It's nice to finally see <laughs> where you don't scrub the wall and your race is over. You yeah, can I mean, bang and take some hits and still be competitive. That was always the thing for me watching in years past too. It's like, especially at like super speedways, you know, you may get tapped on the side and it, and it and it puts the smallest dent in the car, but it messes with the aerodynamics so much that they couldn't even stay with the pack anymore, and the race was over. Now right. you get cars that are smashed all to hell that are running right with everybody else. I love that NASCAR is hitting a home run on it so far. Hopefully we keep winning. We're going to come back to NASCAR because 
We're going to talk about some F1 on this show as yeah. well. That's why the show's coming out tonight and not tomorrow because the race is early, 9 a.m. Eastern time. We want you to be able to make some money. Um, I got to be honest here, guys. I was up super early this morning. I planned to only watch the qualifying, but I ended up watching the third practice session as well because it was on at like 5.30 in the morning. I don't know why I was up that early, but I did. I watched it. Um, lots to talk about. First off... For those of you who, who do follow it, you're well aware the Mercedes have been the the uh, manufacturer champion for, what, like eight years in a row, Brandon? Something crazy. Yeah. Um, they have dominated the sport of F1 for the better part of the last decade. Lewis Hamilton is obviously probably the most known driver in F1. Uh, he drives for them. And this year, they just haven't been good. Um, their cars aren't fast. They can't drive them. Like, it's been really bad for them, but in practice and in qualifying, they showed they had about as good a showing as they had. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, it's are they coming back? I, we talked about it before the show. I got this weird hunch that Mercedes, it, it, it's 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 time. Like, there's no way they. Can, I know it's a new car, and it takes time to adjust, but there's no way Mercedes is going to allow their technology and development just to sit back and be dominated week after week after week. The fact that Hamilton and Russell haven't truly done something yet is still shocking to me, which when we get into the bets, I am leaning towards Mercedes. We talked about it, maybe not their week yet, and they're a little bit off. Yep. But you can't tell me come the end of the year, they're not going to be competing for that championship. I just, I could be dead wrong and get shot at it, but. I, I don't see them sitting back. Now, if they sit back too much longer, they will have no shot at this championship. You know how the point system works. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and they're, they're in that danger zone now. Like, if they don't start picking it up, they're going to fall out of the race. Um, yes. So, so Eric, uh, again, these Mercedes cars, they, they've had all sorts of trouble. And for our NASCAR viewers that don't follow F1, it's – quite a bit different on what they can and can't do with their vehicles. These vehicles are hand constructed by these teams. Everything is built from scratch. They're not borrowing engines from this. It's, it's all built. Every car is different. I know they look similar, but they're not structured the same. Whereas all the Toyotas, the chassis look the exact same in NASCAR other than the paint schemes, the setups different with, you know, the other stuff, the wedge adjustments, the, the tire pressure, all, all that stuff is adjusted and they may be different underneath, but on the outside, they're all the same. Whereas in F1, that's not the case. The Mercedes are the exact same as the Mercedes. Ferraris are completely different cars. The Red Bulls are completely different cars. So when we say the Mercedes are having trouble, this isn't something that is an everybody problem and everybody else has figured it out. This is solely a Mercedes problem. And, and so their team is researching it. You know Hamilton's not going to sit there and say this is okay every week. Uh, total look the same. So I mean, I mean, Eric, what do you what do you think? I mean, are, are we getting there with them or what, what's happening? I mean, they did look a lot better. Um, I really think, like we talked about off air, that they're a week away, maybe two weeks away, but they are headed in the right direction. It's one thing to do it in practice, another thing to in qualifying, another thing to do it actually in a race. I want to see how they look tomorrow before I want to get invested in. It in them in the next weekend. Yeah. And what I'll say to Brandon talking about betting them, I don't hate it because I do really believe in Hamilton and, and George Russell. I think George Russell is 
a superstar in the making. Yes. Um, they are excellent drivers, two of the best in the world. And they, even with this terrible car they've had, they've outperformed their car, if you will. Agreed. So it would not shock me to see them make a little run. I just, again, the Ferraris and Red Bulls just seem to be miles ahead speed-wise. Um, so, you know, we had the practice. We had qualifying. Uh, Charles Leclerc uh, qualifies on the pole. Verstappen second. Uh, did Sainz ends up third or fourth? I know, it, I, I know it's Red Bull and Ferrari are the top four. I didn't see. It, it doesn't really matter. Um, the odds are showing right now. Verstappen's your favorite at minus 110. Charles Leclerc, who's on the pole, plus 140. I got to be honest with you here. Watching the qualifying, what really bothers me is Verstappen on the, on his last lap pulled out of it and just was screaming into his radio that the car was losing power. Um, again, if this is a NASCAR situation, you're not that concerned. Worst case scenario, you replace something, you go to the back, you've got 600 miles to, to figure it out. It's not like that in F1. You go to the back, you're damn near dead. Um, so they don't have that option. They and, and, and they can't just replace it. They just have to fix it. So they have to figure out the problem with no practice or, you know, I'm sure they've got machines that they can run it on. Um, but what concerns me about that is he's the fourth favorite to be the first driver to drop out of the race tomorrow, which tells me that bookmakers think there's a little something to this. Yeah. So I personally, I'm favoring the player uh, tomorrow. His car was the fastest. I'll take the plus one for it. If I can get plus money on an F1 race, I typically would always take it, especially with a pole sitter sitting on pole of a track where the winner has been the pole sitter 23 of the last 31 editions. Yeah. Yeah. So I like Leclerc. I, I bet him though to have the fastest lap at plus 175. That's the one bet I did with him. Um, oh my God. I can't say the kid's name. The hometown kid. Carlos signs. Carlos signs. There we go. Carlos signs. Bet him at 12 to one. This is his first time racing in his home country with good equipment. Um, I think he's a live dog at a plus price. So yep. I like those are the two bets I like it. So I'm with you on that. I do like signs a lot. Um, I like Russell. I know we talked Mercedes. He qualified fourth. He outdid Perez in a Red Bull, who's starting fifth. So to see him Mercedes okay. in fourth, I think uh, you can check the odds. Last time I looked at it, he was 16 to one. Russell. Yeah, um, I mean, that probably sounds about right. Let me look. Keep talking, I'll tell you. I, yeah, 16 like, to one. Yeah, I like that. Eric knows good and well. For whatever reason, I'm not. I'm one of those big ROI guys instead of dropping a bunch of money on one driver and hoping he comes through, which F1 to your point B is different. You yep. get a guy on the pole, most likely he has the best odds to win the race in general. So dropping heavy on him, you can still have a good ROI, but I like the higher odds. I like the 16 to one, the 22 to one and the fact that actually out qualified a red bull car in his P4 that's going to be my guy for this week. I know we talked a couple weeks away, but I'm going to lead on Russell tomorrow at 16 to one. No, I, you're right. And again, this is where gambling on F1 is a lot different than NASCAR because NASCAR has so many different variables, pit stops and, 
you know, lots of wrecks and cautions and all kinds of stuff can happen. Whereas F1, I mean, I, again, I think the pole winner, would I say 23 or 30, whatever of 31, they've yeah. won. The winner hasn't come out of any further back than the second row except one time. It's 30 of 31 have come from that top four. So, again, I, I got to tell you, I'm looking at podium finishes right now. You can get George Russell at plus 175 to finish the podium. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. Even Hamilton plus 350. Yeah. I mean, again, all they got to do is run in the top three. But like you said, when, when you get into NASCAR, you can play somebody that starts 30th in, in NASCAR and, and win. Uh, if you, Nicholas Latifi is starting 20th and he is plus 300,000 um, because he has no shot. Uh, you just can't win an F1 race that bad, that far back. You'll never find a NASCAR driver plus 300,000 to win a race. I feel the only so, time to ever touch anything like that in F1 is strictly in a pouring down rain style race to where you're just taking yep. a shot in the dark and you have the weather as a major issue. That's the only time yeah, you ever do any of that. And we saw that a couple weeks ago, man, where it was off and on raining like, you, you know, Cars want to stay out and take track position. They're spinning all over the place. People come in and get the rain tires. And because, again, unlike NASCAR, except on road courses now, like they'll run in the piss pouring rain. Like they don't stop <laughs> for rain. Yeah. So, which, which blows my mind because you see these, you see these cockpit cams and they're driving and you can't see anything but the rooster tail of the car in front of them. I, I don't know how they can go 200 and something miles an hour and do that so that's our f1 uh talk there uh little barcelona grand prix it's gonna be fun i'll be up for it again guys if you if and again to our viewers who haven't watched it if you're up 9 a.m 10 a.m flip it over there for five ten minutes the the production that they put into this thing is unlike any other sport i think they do a killer job you get tons of info in race so uh so that's that. I love F1, and I love NASCAR. And we got a big one this week, guys. Tell me about it, Brandon. Let's let's hear it. We need to hear what the track's going to play like, what the problems are. Let's hear it. All-Star Weekend, baby. It's one of the funnest races to watch in general. You have a less amount of cars in the race, but you have about 23 to 25 drivers going for a million dollars. So starting at 530 tomorrow, I will say the past two nights, Texas has two different lines. You have it up in the PJ1. For those of you that don't know, that is a grip that is applied to the track. For the first car to go up there, got to be careful because until that stuff heats up, you can, it can snap on you. And then you have the low line, the Harvick line, down on the white line. So you're going to see that come in play. Um, last night, Stuart Friesen ran the low line, was able to win, even though it was a slower line. Uh, but going into tomorrow, I know tires were an issue last week. Last night and today, tires weren't a blowing issue, so hopefully Goodyear figured that out. You have the open race at 5.30. The winner of stage one, two, and three in the final stage get in, or one and two, and then the final stage get into the race. So you can bet on that if you want. I prefer to stay away from the open race because it's a complete crap show of guys that don't deserve to be in the all-star race, and they just want to stack two or three more guys in there. Um, when it comes to the main event, Stage one, winner of stage one will start first in the final stage if he finishes in the top 15 in stage two. Same for stage two, winner of that race, top 15, 
starting second and then starting third. The catch to this, which is awesome, and I'm so glad NASCAR thought about it, for years when a guy would win a stage and lock himself into the final stage, he'd go sit in the back for three stages and start in first. Now they actually have to race. You have to finish in the top 15 in each stage to keep that position. Then the fastest pit stop in all three stages, that car starts fourth in the final stage. So it's going to be interesting. You might have a slow car starting P4, and that's yeah, that's a that's a that's a full four tire gas, right? Yes, they have to do that as well. You have to have one okay. at least one full four tire stop. But if you have a driver, I'm just spitballing here. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse. It's Stenhouse. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. If he gets into it, um, you have a guy like Stenhouse that could have a horrible car and be so slow, but the fastest pit stop start in P4. I can't wait to see that restart. Does the outside yeah. lane get jacked up and everybody slammed into each other? Like everybody NASCAR, dives inside. It's <laughs> taken NASCAR so long to truly figure out the all-star race. The stages have made it so much better, but then watching guys win and sit in the back and it's not exciting because it's not the final stage. Every stage has something to look for. So super pumped for tomorrow night, man. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. What, what are your thoughts on switching the tracks up? I think it needs to happen. Um, me being a yeah. Charlotte guy, I don't like it because for years I could drive 15 minutes up the road and be able to watch the all-star race and be home by nine o'clock at night because it never took that long. Yeah. But uh, I do think it's cool to switch it up. I don't think it should ever be at a road course, but I'd love to see these guys battling for a million dollars at like a Bristol or Martin's. I was, yeah. I was just going to say that, man. I, right. I think they should spread this thing around. Yes. And you tell me, you give me 10 laps to go at Bristol for a million dollars. I mean, we see how they race at Bristol in the last 10 laps for regular pay with a million dollars on the line. My God. Here's the problem you're going to have, though. The name is Bruton Smith. Owns Texas, owns Bristol, owns Charlotte, owns New Hampshire. He is such a stickler of getting everything he wants. When he went to build the Z-Max four-way drag strip in in Concord, all the homeowners around that area went and were like, no, we're not allowing it. And Concord went to shut it down, and Bruton said, fine, you don't let me build this drag strip? I'm going to tear down Charlotte Motor Speedway and move it somewhere. I'm going to tear down Charlotte Dirt Track and move it somewhere. Well, guess what? He got his drag strip. He got so his drag think, strip, didn't he? I don't think, unless NASCAR is going to pay him, that you're going to see it outside of any tracks that Bruton Smith owns. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, I'll take Bristol. That's yeah, no, I will too. All right, so... uh Let's get into the gambling. What are we doing, Eric? Where where are we look where are we looking first, buddy? Beho, you're gonna like this one, dude. <laughs> Kyle Bush plus seven fifty. Um, I gotta log off. This is good talking to you guys. <laughs> um, you know, Brandon mentioned about the pits group, about the pit crew stuff. In my eyes, he has one of the best pit crews, if not the best crew chief in it, which is going to be huge in this format. And also just looking at his history here, five last five races, one win, two top fives, five top tens. He's led, um, I believe like 12% of the lap total, total laps he's ran here. Just performs well at the track. Great price plus seven fifty. I think too many people are looking to the other Kyle. I'll take Kyle Bush here. Plus, uh, plus seven fifty. All right. My first go-to is the man that's been running fast. Should have won last week until he did have a blown tire. Christopher Bell, Locking him in. Don't I know what you're trying to do? I'm just gonna ignore it. I'm just gonna completely should have won last week. 
Should have won last week. We'll talk about this off air. Should have won last week. But um, I'm locking in Christopher Bell. I know yesterday he was at 16 to 1. I think he might have dropped down to 12. Yeah. But uh, I'm absolutely locking Christopher Bell in. You know what? That's funny because guess what my next play is? Christopher Bell, 12 to 1. Um, I have one more play left, but Brandon was the one that threw that one to me. So I will let him say that. I'm, I am going to say this, though. There's no head-to-heads coming up. Any head-to-head I get with Kozlowski is an automatic fade. Um, okay. He's so- way too focused on other things. And he's just he just sucks this year. So as soon as the head to head comes up, any head to head that the Klauskis come on that is minus one fifteen or better, I'm completely fading him. All right. So so just to tell everybody, we're going to air this thing actually as soon as we're done taping it, and then we're going to promote it again uh, tomorrow at one o'clock, which will be our normal spot when F one's not running in the mornings. Um, so Eric and Brandon will both, if they've got head-to-head plays or something, they'll they'll throw them out there to yeah, the masses absolutely. as well. So you guys can pay. So stay tuned to that. Follow them on Twitter. As you can see, their handles are there at etoft21 and at bostonboy83. That's right. All right. Eric, so uh, what's your next pick? And why is it Kyle Bush? To Eric's point. If he's still at the number, which they just did qualify, and I haven't seen the results yet. So if you can grab him now, still 40 to 1. Harvick, the old man himself, the closer. He hasn't been performing that well over the last year. Me and Eric struggled with him last year. But um, if there's a veteran that you can lock in at 40 to 1, it's the closer, Kevin Harvick, tomorrow night. Yeah, I don't. I don't actually hate that. I, I like Harvick, good driver, and again, the million dollars isn't going to get in his head. Like he's just going to no. go out and run his race, um, and and he seems to always be there in the running late in the All Star races. So he seems to be doing a lot better in this car. Just looking at his past performance at Texas, last five, you know, one win, three top fives. You know, his worst yeah. finish has been sixteenth here in the last five. So I mean, obviously, he does great at this track. He's been performing better last year. Than compared to last year in the new car. So I like old Uncle Kevin here a lot. I locked him in at 40 to 1 last yet yeah, Friday. All right. We got any DFS plays, guys? Uh, do, do, are those out yet or we got to no, wait on those too? I will be setting mine in the morning. Um, I'm going to play with it a little bit tonight. I had everything going for me today in the Xfinity race and it just, it all, it all crapped out. It all so. fell apart. It's, it's kind of hard just because we don't know who's all going to be in the field. So we got to, yeah. that's going to kind of be a Do they wait more. until after the open races to even put that out there? I don't even know no. if they have one out for it yet. No, they'll allow you to do it and you can pick the guys that are in the open, but you got to tread lightly because if you set a lineup early and your man doesn't make the open, you just wasted your money. Yeah. Yeah. It's so tough. it's tough. It's tough. And you got to check your, your book. Like hypothetically, let's say I bet Stenhouse. Some books will refund you if he doesn't get in. Other books, tough luck. So you really got to make sure you look at your book's rules to understand like what happens if you bet on someone that doesn't get into the race, doesn't qualify. So I'd be really careful. All right. Well, I guess that's about it for another episode of Victory Lane. Um, tomorrow, again, we will put this back out about 1 o'clock, let you guys get your get your plays in. Um, at the end of the day, me and Eric will be celebrating Kyle Bush in the winter circle, a million dollars richer. Um, 
and uh, old Brandon there will just be uh, lapping up his own salty tears. So oh, Eric, Eric, oh, does, Eric knows way, you can eat bets right now. Eric the Celtics. You know what, dude? I I had to do a shot a goddamn wild turkey to Marcus Smart yesterday because it's all the Celtics keep the box. So, um, you know. is that is that game three tomorrow? Game three is right now. Oh, I'm about ready for Bam to drop How's 25. I don't think it started at 8:30, so I doubt they've even had tip off. Bam, oh, you mean Bam out of bio? Yeah, mm. former seems, former seems Wildcat legend. Former Wildcat legend. I think Miami's got a few Wildcat legends down there. You know, including the guy leading the team, the most handsome, dapper, classiest individual of the NBA, Pat Riley. Are you and a then, Wildcat guy, dude? I live in Lexington. Yeah. Okay. I can't wait for college football to start. <laughs> Why? Do you? Yeah, baby. Do you? What's that got to do with me? Because I can just talk on my teams better than yours, and we can talk about Kyle Bush losing all the time. It'll just it'll get better and better as we go. But I'd argue, I'd argue that you're not better than Kentucky. Oh. This I is mean, a whole nother, hey, this is Eric a whole other conversation for a whole other time, Look, my man. Listen to this. I'll, I'll end the show on this. Eric came on in the college football scene. Were you a part of that preview show? I was no, not. I not cool enough at the time. I had to get no, my. I didn't know any of the college football stuff. Okay, so so you you at least are aware. Like they did this big college preview. It was Leo. It was GCG. It was Jim Chase. All those guys. And they let Leo. They were talking about the over under six wins for the Wildcats, and Leo showed that he doesn't watch college football because he was like. Well, I'm taking under here. Kentucky isn't even better than Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's at three wins. I, this is crazy. I'm taking the under. And the rest of the panelists sit there and let him besmirch Kentucky like that. So I had to get on and let them all know about Kentucky. And what did we win? Ten games? Yeah. I no, it was no, it was very, very impressive. Stoops, I will say this. I will say this. That was the easiest over-under in yes. the world I hit it last was. year was Kentucky and, over And I love it. And dude, I am a homer, self-admittedly. Um, but, like, I know when our team's good and when they're not. Like, I've seen terrible teams. I've seen good teams. Stoops is building a program in the right direction. We are a dangerous team. We can beat just about anybody we play now. Um, we don't lose to many teams we shouldn't anymore. So, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm happy where we're at and where we're moving. And it's going to be interesting to see. I think there's going to be a big number on Kentucky this year because we're getting a lot of guys back. And now Levis Levis going number one at the quarterback spot? Come on, Eric. Am I crazy? Why is that? Well, like I like, a lot I of like Will Levis. I like Will Levis, but is he the best quarterback? We need to remember who was number one last year at this time. Spencer Rattler, who had to leave Oklahoma, is down in South Carolina now. So I don't think he should be number one. A lot can change. I mean, let's let's be honest, Eric. It's hard to throw a football when you're a snake. So, uh, yeah. uh, but snake the big thing with Kentucky ones. football is they need that uh, Kentucky basketball NIL money. Get those uh, get those players in. Oh, they've got it, dude. I, I'm telling you, we we get more support for our football team than people imagine. But, anyways, that's for another show, guys. Thanks for hanging in there with us. We'll see you back again next week. I think uh, we got Monaco next week for F1 and uh, Monaco, is- which I'm hoping I'm hoping in the next two years I can go to Monaco and watch this race in person. That's been on my bucket list. Something I will be doing next year, where we can finally meet. Kentucky Derby's been on the bucket list. I want to hit that next year. So I'm hoping some Kentucky Derby, Monaco. Have that. I'm not going to the Derby. <laughs> well, I can still get up with you. 
Next year's hey, the summer. Show keeps continuing to do the numbers. If we keep spreading and building numbers, I'm gonna talk Jason and just send it us over to Monaco. So hell yeah, Let's you know, do business it. trip, Please. baby. So Please. all right, uh guys, it's been a pleasure. Uh see you guys next week. Let's make a bunch of money. <laughs>